You're listening to another great message from Northside Community Church. Well, great to uh, have you in church on a long weekend. Look at this, this is a healthy sign of doing church or the fact that we've got nowhere to go on a long weekend, one or the other. <laughs> hey, Mikey, Mikey beat me to it, but I really, uh, while we're all setting up here, I really do want to honour Jay Bassick. Jay, I wonder if you could stand up for us. Uh, I, if you haven't met Jay, uh, he is our founding senior pastor here, and I just want to say thank you, Jay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you heard me say it in my induction that Paul said, um, all of us are only ever building on someone else's foundation. And, uh, and I build not only on Graham Agnews, but I build on that man's foundation. And we are so grateful because if you haven't met Jay, we do not exist like this, except for this man. And uh, we're just thrilled um, that you're in the house this morning, Jay. So it's great to have you with us. And um, while we're all still getting set up as well, um, just a bit of a side note. I had a great dynamic this morning that I think is good to share with all of us. But a, a good friend of mine shared that um, last week... There might have been a bit of confusion about a word that I said in the message. I said the B word. I said bloody. And um, I said that within the context of uh, Christ on the cross. And it was a failure from the world standards. And he was a torn, bloody mess. And so some people may have misheard that. And, um, and that's, that's okay. That's okay. I don't, I don't, I don't want to make light of it. What I love about this principle is if you see my emails every week to the church family, I say, hi, Northside family. And I do that very deliberately because families, what do families do? They, they just tell it how it is. If you're upset, you, 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 come, to, you come to dad, you come to mum, you say, you know, this, this upset me. I'm, you know, uh, I, I'm not sure what you meant about all of this. And so it's not about the word from last week. It's a great opportunity for us as a church and for us to set up our relationship too as preacher and congregation. Because I, I won't be doing my job properly in the years to come if I don't say things that upset you from time to time. <laughs> because the, the word of God is a double-edged sword and sometimes you get a few cuts if you go swinging the thing around in a room this size. And so the great opportunity about this and for us to be a family, and this is the family room, right? This is not the church. It's the family room. We're, we're, there are going to be moments when um, we have that, and I just want to encourage you that if, uh, if at the end of a message you misunderstood, it's upset, something's cut across your will, please come see me, have a conversation, grab me for a coffee, uh, make a phone call. And that's, how, that's how we grow healthily as a church in this healthy wrestle that is family life. So, uh, so I thought, great chance for us to share all that. Talking about family, we're just going to hear how it is this morning. We've been doing a series on wisdom I said, I don't have much of it. I've just been the male boy trying to deliver it. And so uh, often at night we've had uh, this dynamic where it gives us an opportunity at the end of each series to just uh, hear from people amongst uh, the congregation. What you've picked up, what have your insights been? And often that's some of the best ways that we can learn. And uh, yeah, we'll grab a, a handheld fill at, at some point. Um, and so uh, we've, been, we've been learning that uh, wisdom is having insights into the complex realities of life. What do you do when 90% of the rules, uh, when the rules don't apply to 90% of life? What do you do in all of that? There's tension in that. And so I realised that you can just preach it for four weeks and there's still tensions and questions underneath. So are you up for hearing from some of the church family this morning? I think it'd be really cool. We've got Viva, we've got Patricia, we've got Giselle and we've got Fred this morning going to share with us. Why don't we give them a nice round of applause?
How's that looking, dude? I'm, I think if I sit still, I'll be pretty good, won't I? Yeah, I think that'll be awful. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for being part of our uh, panel this morning. Uh, a couple of these guys, Viva and, and Patricia, lead some of our connect groups, have been part of our faithful leadership of uh, groups, so you've been in and amongst uh, all that's been happening. One of the great things that's been happening in this new season is that um, the vast majority of our all-age groups have been studying the connection group studies off the back of the message. So there's an opportunity to um, really process what we're talking about on a Sunday. And so off the back of that, um, folks, uh, have there been any standout moments? I guess throwing it open to everyone here. Any, any standout moments, anything that's, that's popped out immediately in terms of uh, discussions amongst the groups and amongst each other? Viva, you got the microphone right there. I guess for, for us it was... Um we got stuck into the word, the passages in Proverbs, before we started to study that. And we kind of got preoccupied with that a little bit. But I think that was a really strong insight into preparation for the group to be able to read the word and go through step by step the yeah. various uh, events. I mean, I, I guess if, if insight, I mean, if wisdom is going to be anything, uh, what emerged was... We're in a world where knowledge is increasing, and wisdom is really uh, something that you, how what you do with that knowledge. Mm -hmm. You know, if you go skydiving, you know you don't need a parachute to go skydiving, but wisdom tells you you need a parachute to go skydiving <laughs> twice. That's good. That's. <laughs> I like it. I'm going to use that that definition um, a little bit later on. So I guess uh, leading on from that, Viva. Do you think, you know, Proverbs, we saw in Proverbs 8, choose wisdom, it's worth more than rubies, it's worth more than silver. Um, yeah, do you think people are actively seeking out wisdom in the world today? I think yes and no. I think with many Christians, they are actively seeking wisdom. And I think you can't really come to church and mix with other Christians without kind of getting stuck into it because we get stuck into the word. Mm. And from that it comes out. And I think from the passage, you can see that wisdom is of God. Mm. And if you're hanging out with God, it kind of comes through and filters through to us. Yeah. And that was very uh, obvious because one of the beauties of our group, and I am part of two groups, is that everybody kind of um, has equal share in contribution. And, mm. and I get blown away by some of the things that people say. Yeah. We also learned that um, wisdom is not automatic, but it is attainable. So you can have a young person where someone says they're wise beyond their years, or you can have an old person where they're just plain foolish. So wisdom's not automatic. Um, what's, and then what's that dynamic look like from you in terms of, I think I, I said instead of your parachute one, I said that insight is knowing that tomatoes are fruit, wisdom is not putting it in fruit salad. Um, yes. What does that dynamic look like for you as someone who I would regard as wise? I know your humility. Uh, He's trying to tell me I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that you just attain wisdom. That's what I'm Thank saying you. there. Um, what's that dynamic look like for you? You know, uh, business world in life. Uh, what's that dynamic going from insight to wisdom look like well, for you? I think you, you, we gain wisdom through our walk mm. in life, whether, whether the God's in it or there's not. There's a certain degree of wisdom that we get. Mm. And I think there's also a lot of foolishness that <coughs> you quite rightly say. Mm. And, I mean, <coughs> if we look at what's happening in some parliaments, I will not mention any, you can see that there is a need for more wisdom in some areas. Mm. Um, 
But there is a supernatural dimension among Christians in wisdom because when we receive an input, we're looking at it through the prism of uh, an eternal as well as a temporal. Mm -hmm. And that makes a big difference, I think, for us Christians. I've always said in our groups that as Christians, coming to church every Sunday and, and hearing the word of God and then going to a connect group or mixing with other Christians, the world doesn't stand a chance against us because we're getting trained every week, you know, and we're getting input into so much wisdom that um, what, do they, what chance has the world got without Christ? Yeah, amen, amen. And so talking about, I guess, moving into how we get wisdom in, in week two, we, we learned that uh, our approach to wisdom is key, that, uh, that some people try and conform reality to themselves uh, and other people try and conform them, uh, themselves to reality. And those that try and twist reality to themselves we call the foolish you know, those that say, okay, there's God's realities, there's patterns, we learned that that's who we believe is wise. Giselle, turning to you, have you ever seen this dynamic in life where people try and conform reality to themselves? What's, what's that look like for you? Yeah, I think um, people in the world are, are self-focused. Not, not everyone, but um, many people in the world. And um, seeing it play out where they, they don't have a moral compass some people, they will do things like cheat on their taxes, have an adulterous affair, um, and try and rationalise that. And, and for them, it's okay. Whereas for us, we have the moral compass of the word where we, um, there'll be a check in us. You know, if, if we think, okay, we're going to do this, there'll be that little check that'll stop mm, us somehow. Mm, mm. Yeah. And what about the other way around? Have you seen the, the positive side of things when people have, have had that? That awakening, I guess, because one of the great messages of the Bible is that um, you can come from those sorts of foolish side of things and, and there is always God's grace there for you and you can now begin to conform yourself to God's realities instead of the other way around. Have you seen that in a positive sense or what's that look like for you? Yeah, absolutely. For, my, for myself, um, I kind of have four pillars of wisdom <laughs> that have come over many, many years. Um, you know, earlier on in life, I made a few mistakes, but with getting to know God and, and getting into his word and that sort of thing, um, the four pillars are abiding in the Bible, prayer, um, uh, seeking the counsel of a couple of trusted mentors, such mm -hmm. as an elder or, or a parent, mm -hmm. And the fourth one, waiting on God's timing, which is absolutely the hardest one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because we learned that your wisdom is, uh, you can get it, but it's yeah. painstakingly slow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what are the tensions with that in this quick fix world that we've got at the moment? Well, as I said before, the world is generally self-focused, whereas we have, um, our focus is, is outwards, probably more outwards focused to other people, hopefully. Yeah. And um, a great example of that is our Madagascar team. You know, mm -hmm. they've, they've selflessly given up time, gone to Madagascar. They're helping people in a country that's a totally different culture to Australia. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they, they've sowed a lot of seeds over there that could impact the whole community and maybe even the nation and beyond that nation's borders. So yeah, the great. outplay of that is, could be amazing. Yeah, that's know? great. Yeah. So uh, what I was hearing there yeah, is that we've, um, 
that there is that choice to abide in God, to get people mm. around you, to, to sit in that and, yeah. and to really, um, yeah, by the grace of God, there are those opportunities to be, yeah, form yourself in that, in that good way. That's, um, yeah, that's great. Absolutely. Um, mm. Continuing on that sense of um, change, how we get wisdom, uh, Proverbs 3.3 3 said, uh, never, never let love leave your neck. You know, hang, hang it around your neck. Let love and faithfulness do that. And so we'd said that, uh, in order to change, we really need to grasp the love of God uh, before you can grasp who you are. Because if you don't grasp the love of God, then you're going to try and avoid or deny who you really are because you're not grounded in him. And so I was just wondering, Patricia, on your side, I know your group talked through this in a particular week. Um, what insights stood out around that particular point for you guys? I think um, when you do live, uh, we have a very diverse group. We struggle with... Uh, Sickness, we struggle with family issues, mental illness, anxiety, uh, sicknesses. Um, when, you're, when you're struggling like that as a Christian, it's very hard to find or understand how a God in his wisdom can rain all these things on you. And when we struggle that for, for a week or two to discuss, you know, you, you, the, and the season hasn't changed for months, for years, so where do you center? Where do you find that wisdom in God? And yesterday I was at JB Hi-Fi trying to buy a computer, and this lady just lost it. She just said, my daughter is dying. I'm 71. I'm about to mother a 10- and a 12-year-old. And I went up to her and put my arms around her. I said, you know, I will pray for you. And so with our group, we struggle how a loving, wise God will send the same things to us. And how would you battle that? Um, and I think, and I said, it's very hard with the earthly wisdom to understand godly purpose. But what we, um, what we centered was to remind ourselves of our salvation in God. And, it's, and this is all from the scripture. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. So the key words here, God of hope joy and peace, power the Holy Spirit and abound in hope. And therefore, since we have been justified by faith, and if you have that faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ because he keeps you in perfect peace when your mind is stayed on him because you trust in him. And therefore, be joyful in hope, always remind myself, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. So it's not my words, it's just searching through the scriptures. And I think I like Sam's analogy, and I um, often thought about two analogies when I tried to master tennis and golf. <laughs> when I learned tennis, when I turn up for the game, all the coach would do is brought two buckets of balls and stand in front of the net and ask me to hit the ball. And I was very disappointed, lesson after lesson. Um, and the same thing with golf. You know, you sit there with a bucket of balls and you're supposed to get your swing right. <laughs> but when you get that tennis shot right, and Michael will hear this, you get that, what sound do you get? It's a sweet sound. Mm. <laughs> sweet spot of tennis. And I think getting wisdom is, it's like a muscle. You've got to keep doing your, mm. you know, your moves you know, your little moves, and those little moves are in your prayers, are in your walk with God, in your daily plea and daily cry with him. 
And, and, and through that building of that relationship, that's where you find the hope, the peace, the joy. Mm-hmm. And all things do come to pass. When you were young, you were you know, grappling with situations and your parents say, it'll pass. And you think, no, it's not going to pass. I'm going to die right now. Mm-hmm. But it will pass. Mm-hmm. And I think just having that peace of God's salvation in your heart and that peace um, helps you to overcome Helps you, gives you a choice. Like I, I've heard on this platform that says that, you know, when you can't see the hand of God, trust the heart of God. Mm. And you have a choice as a Christian in how you choose to weather mm. that situation. That's great. And through the peace and the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's great. Wow. It's already starting to flow, isn't it? <laughs> is it cool how God, doesn't Jesus say, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll give you the Holy Spirit and it'll take what is mine and make it known to you. Isn't it just special to hit the pause button for a second to understand what's happening here? That's just not from the young guy week on week that people are absorbing this, wrestling with this. I love this dynamic. Uh, Viva. Uh, we talked week three. We talked about that um, character is often the source of wisdom, which was a weird way to think about it. But unless you are seated in sound character, you're not going to make consistently aligned, wise decisions because they're going to spray off everywhere with with poor character. Um, I also noted that you know in, in our society we seem to personalize, uh, so we prioritize personality over character. So someone's known as the dynamic person or she's a likable person. Um, what was your group's reaction to this initially? And then why do you think it's important that we're developing character? I actually had a problem with this when I talked to the group. I said, I really don't know the difference. <laughs> and the insight that came from the group was amazing because they really made it very clear. And from that, I, I could see that there are two things. I would trust someone with character I'm not sure if I trust someone with personality. I might be attracted to someone with personality. Mm. Um, and the difference to me is that I think the person with character is looking out for you. And you see that mm. more obviously. Mm. And so you would trust that person. Mm. Uh, a person with personality may be funny, may be you know, nice to hang out with, but you're just not sure. Mm. And I think in the investment banking community where where I worked um, and still work, you have a lot of people with personality. Um, and Glenn will probably confirm this. I'm not sure if you trust everybody. <laughs> yeah. and, and so, yeah, in, in, in that regard, I guess, uh, as, a, as a church, I guess, yeah, your own observations, why is, why is that significant? To, develop, yeah, to, to be developing that character and... Well, I think the character is developed from... I mean, Patricia really put it, uh, you know, hit the nail on the head by saying that, you know, it comes with practice. Mm. Character is the fruit, I guess, of hanging in the Word, hanging out with the Lord. Something happens. I think if we, if we hang out with the Lord more and more, we become so much more like Him. Mm. You know, mm. they say that husbands look like their wives and the wives look like their husbands. <laughs> Don't get too scared about this. Um, but that's probably because they hang out with each other yeah, so right. much that they take a lot of the characteristics yeah. of each other. Yeah. And, and, and it's not by accident that they say the two shall become one. Yes, you know? yeah, that's um, right. So I think when we, and we're going to be married to the Lord, um, we eventually start to reflect something of him, yeah, I that's hope. That's great. That's great, yeah. 
Because as I was hearing you say that then, I was thinking too, yeah, how in that same way, you know, as people come into this place, experience us as a church, you know, what do they see? Do they see dynamic personalities or do they see sound character? And how powerful that is and how much longer it's taking for us as a church to get there. Because we live particularly in the lower North Shore, right? In the business world, everything's driven on that. So we are counter-cultural in that regard that, that it's going to take us a long time as a church to do that. But if sound character's built, what I'm hearing from you is, wow, that could be a heck of a lot more powerful evangelistically, ironically, than just all the lights, personalities, welcomes. Yep, that's well, great. Just to give an example this morning from, from both Michael and Michael's... Uh, <laughs> Just, you know what, what they were saying today. You could see that they were bursting with personality, but there was also a character in everything that they say. I'm glad you clarified that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't trust them. So I think I think I trust these two guys. Yeah, <laughs> and you guys better do too. Uh, moving into the final week because that was the one where there was real tension for us as we worked through what what the what, what the heck do you do when. Uh, your plans don't align with God's plans when your agendas are not aligning with God's agendas. All of us have got moments like that for sure. I know talking to us all pastorally. And so I think the first thing we, that, that hit people was I was talking about how we often suffer from analysis paralysis. Anyone suffered from that? Yeah. Fred, have you ever suffered from analysis paralysis? Uh, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> What's that look like for you and where, why, how? Um, nine years ago, I was asked to resign from my job, even though I was doing very well. That was not my plan. <laughs> I, I was out of job for four months, and uh, 12, 12 months into my new job, uh, my wife was diagnosed with blood cancer. Again, that was not in my plan. <laughs> and um, I worked for an Indian company. They owned and operate one of the best cancer hospitals in India. And I thought that was the reason why I was asked to resign and join this new company. But God had an even better plan. Two months after the diagnosis, uh, my company acquired a company in Australia, and I was seconded to Australia. I found a place uh, just down the road at Oxley Street, and we went to see a GP to get a referral for my wife. And the GP showed us a list of specialists or hematologists to choose from. And how do you choose? By looking at their names. <laughs> so we choose the easiest name to pronounce. <laughs> Doc, Dr. Chris Arthur. And he turned out to be head of the department in Royal North Shore, which was a walking distance from my house. <laughs> so when I was asked to resign, I could never imagine what the plan would be or how my life would turn out to be. I didn't plan to come to Sydney. I didn't know uh, about Royal North Shore. I didn't know about uh, Dr. Chris Arthur. But God's plan didn't end there. One, when I came to Sydney, I was looking for a church. I attended a few churches uh, around Sydney. And my wife um, met a lady in the apartment, and we became friends. 
And I asked her one day, uh, which church you went to? And she said, down the road. And I thought it was the Northside Baptist Church in Crossness or the Uniting Church. So I asked her to bring me to the church. And uh, Dowsie, some of you know her, brought me to Northside Church and I've been coming since. Mm. So uh, looking at God, God's plan, I could not imagine that one day I would be sitting here telling you this story. Mm. So isn't God's plan amazing? Uh, mm. Even though I suffered initial setback of losing my job, but the blessings of his plan is far, far uh, compensated for my setback. So I'm very thankful. A few months ago, I lost my job. But this time, uh, after overcoming the initial shock, I was at peace because I knew that God would be leading me and that his plan would be far better than what I could imagine. Proverbs 16.9, in their heart a person plans their course, but the Lord determines their steps. That was a sermon in five minutes. I better, I better take notes. Um, well, by the way, my wife is doing very well. Yeah. Um, she was initially diagnosed with malignant blood cancer with a survival rate of 12 to 18 months. Uh, she has been with Dr. Arthur for the last eight years. Wow. Wow. Folks, I guess wrapping up, it's gone quickly already, hasn't it? <laughs> you sort of almost want to hang around it and hear a little bit more. <laughs> um, what, what were your group's observations now, I guess, opening it up around, uh, I guess, the significance of wisdom for this season of Northside? Because I know, you know some, some people I know, but beneath the surface, we're going, why the heck are we talking about wisdom at this point? We should be talking vision and... Big picture stuff and practicalities. Um, any comments or reflections that came out of your groups in terms of, I guess, the real honest impressions of why the heck we're doing this and then, I guess, now the insight that's been gained and what has been learned? I can speak into that. Um, we jokingly say we're learning wisdom so we can tell Sam how to pastor the church. <laughs> <laughs> seriously, seriously. <laughs> The group did say, why are we learning all this wisdom? Um, the, the church is as strong as each individual that make up of this church. The church is you and I, if you remember that Sunday school song. So we talked about um, our character and how we, you know, when you're a professional somebody, professional doctor, investor, or accountant, or solicitor, you're very good at giving advice and you in the course of your career, end up having a, a little bit inflated or conceited sense of self. And in this regard, I'm thinking of the book Dorian Gray, how, you know. Um, so it's really good in, in a group. Wisdom is to really do life together and uh, to correct each other too in, in love. And we, we discuss um, better is open rebuke than hidden love. This is not my word. This is the Bible. And faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. So why we learn the word of God, why we want to distill um, wisdom is because the word of God is a living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts 
and intentions of the heart. So before we uh, try to give Sam some wisdom, <laughs> I think we need to look deep down ourselves and the people we do life with in the group, correct each other with patience and in love. And so together and then as a unit, we'll be united in love and in wisdom. And, and I think this is how we can work collectively as a church and be kind in your rebuke because I don't like to be criticized. So if I do something wrong, be nice. Come around, put your hand around Sam and say, you know the word you said last week? Mm -hmm. So I, I think there are different ways of rebuking and some people will say the Bible says this, but I think we know there are nine ways to kill a cat. So the best way is with loving kindness. <laughs> Yeah, God is just speaking, isn't he? <laughs> Wonderful stuff. Don't you love the way too? That's what I love about panels, the way all this stuff weaves in. I wasn't going to mention about stuff this morning when that really good friend you know, came to me before the service and mentioned about last week. What a great insight into, what, what did you say? Better, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Isn't that, isn't that what the family room is all, all about? Openness, rawness, the wrestle together as a family. That's... With gentleness and kindness. Yeah, and kindness. I love that. Love that. Uh, same. Fred. Uh, often when we talk about wisdom and visions, we think of an old man who, who is wise and experienced, someone who can come up with great plans and great vi grand visions. But Jesus' instructions is very simple. In John 21, he asked Peter, do you love me? And when he replied, yes, Lord, his answer was, feed my sheep. Mm. So he repeated that three times. And I think that is the basic mission of the church. Um, keep it simple. Always remember to feed the sheep. Mm. As long as they are given the spiritual food and the nutrients, the sheep will grow, develop, and they will respond to the calling of the shepherds. And we can see from our own eyes how some of the team members here of the ship here has responded. The Madagascar team, mm -hmm. you know, Karen, uh, Richard, and mm -hmm. even Leo who has responded to the calling. So uh, in our desire to develop a vision for the next seasons, uh, what we want to do, uh, Jesus simply said, feed my ship. Yeah, and great. the church will do well. Yeah, it's great. Well, final question is, uh, out of that whole series, and maybe we've said it all, so it's okay if there's, if, if there's not an answer there, but uh, is there anything from yourselves or your group, you know, maybe one thing that stood out that either uh, challenged you or affirmed what you already knew or has opened up a doorway to start exploring something more? Is there any last insight around that, Giselle? Straight from Proverbs uh, 4.23, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Mm. And I think that's absolutely foundational for wisdom. Yeah, that's great. Mm. That's great. Yeah. What do you reckon, eh? Been good? It's, a, it's good. So wonderful to see this dynamic and, and something that I'm so passionate about in this place. 
that we are such a wonderfully uh, diverse and passionate bunch of people. We're all going to have our moments where uh, we're all going to celebrate wins. Uh, We are all thinking, we are processing, and it is just such a privilege to lead and facilitate that process as a church family, to see the way that God's word is living and it is is active, and it's uh, just to plant these seeds, and the great privilege that it is every Sunday to just drop a couple of seeds in and to see the way that God is growing this church. So uh, thank you guys for just wonderful insights in the way that God has worked through this morning. Uh, Let me pray for us as we uh, finish up now. Heavenly Father, we know that it has been you that is teaching us this morning through your Holy Spirit. You have spoken through this panel in ways that I just couldn't have imagined, Father. I just sense already that there are people in this place that have been blessed, that there have been even more seeds planted into this family, that we are growing in the spiritual and the unseen, in all of those foundational things that no one can see. And so, Father, we dare to believe that uh, through this series and through these insights that we've heard from this panel today, That, Father, seeds have been sown into our individual lives. That people in this place are going to dare to be uh, the ones that are going to be disciplined and come under your authority, Heavenly Father. That they're going to dare to believe that they're going to step into the great adventure that is following you, Lord Jesus, living life your way. And that the real growth and the real overflow from this church won't necessarily be because of slickness of programs or lights or music, although all that stuff's important, Father. But what we are building is happening in the unseen in this place. It's the development of character. It's the building of wisdom. It's the overflow of that love and that unity that comes not just from philosophies or from preaching, but people who have wrestled this through in their daily lives. So, Father, bless this church. Protect this church as we continue to grow in you, Lord Jesus. And we pray this now in your mighty name. Amen.